Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting over there is Denver Dave and we're here to talk about the NFL. Hey Dave. Yeah, do we have to talk about the NFL this week? We do, son, we do. We do. Uh, good week 12 state of games. You, well, I wished mine game had been played, you wished yours hadn't, I suppose. Our game shouldn't have been played. Well, we'll <laughs> and my game should. That. We'll come on to that later on. <laughs> All the games to go through, of course, we'll look at fantasy and uh, betting and the picks for next week. But we're going to start with a roundup of the, the Week 12 games. Go all the way back to Thanksgiving and the Thursday night games there, Dave. There were only two of them, as it turned out. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be Thanksgiving in America if everyone didn't get to gather around the television and watch the Lions lose at home. It's a tradition <laughs> that stretches back to the 1930s, and Matt Patricia was not about to ruin that tradition on Thursday. Though it didn't start according to plans, it was the Lions that scored first. Old-time Adrian Peterson got his first touchdown of the game on a one-yard run. To get back on track, Stafford threw his first pass on the second drive into J.J. Watt, who returned it for a pick-six. That only almost levelled the score, so the next Detroit play was a Jonathan Williams fumble recovered by the Texans at the 30-yard line. Two plays later, and the Texans were ahead with a pass to C.J. Procise. Three fumbles by both teams, then the second touchdown for Adrian Peterson, who hadn't got the memo to put the Lions ahead one more time, but a touchdown catch by Duke Johnson and a field goal put the Texans ahead by halftime. Two deep passes uh, to Will Fuller in the second half saw the Texans pull out an insurmountable lead that not even a Mohamed Sanu touchdown catch couldn't fix. The result ended up being a win-win for both teams as the Lions finally pulled the trigger on not just Matt Patricia, but also GM Bob Quinn on Saturday. Lions fans were reported to be sending appreciation money to the Sean Watson Foundation, but underprivileged <laughs> children, smaller dollar donations uh, totaled over $1,000. Final score in the game was Texans 41, Lions 25. It was a very enjoyable game, first and foremost. Mm. Um, the, there's a number of times when you watch Thanksgiving games and they turn out to be utter dross, but mm. no, this was a really good game. Um, as you say, the biggest bonus from this is the fact that the Lions now have, or will have, a new head coach. Um, but Matt Patricia very much going out as he came in, nonetheless. Um, <laughs> but no, I thought the Lions played really well. Um, going into this game, I don't think under any circumstances they would have expected Matt Stafford to be throwing it 42 times. No. Um, Levelled the Tony Romo touchdown record on Thanksgiving, to mm-hmm. 12 mm-hmm. or 13. Um, overall, I don't think the Lions played that badly. It's not a 41-25 game. There was a couple of late scores by the Texans which make it look a bit more flattering than it actually was. Yeah. But now, all in all, I thought the Lions played as the Lions do. They have enough just fizzle out a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. And the Texans proved that when they come up against a team who is under 500, they beat them. They, they beat the bad teams and lose to the good teams. I mean, that's who the Texans are. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was a very good game. Enjoyable game. Of course, uh, another... Stake in the heart for the Texans is that both Texans Bradley Roby and Will Fuller have now been banned for six games for PD violations, which basically takes them out of the season. Yeah. So the, the one bright spark for Deshaun Watson was throwing deep balls to Will Fuller, yeah, who has actually stayed healthy this season. I was wondering why he was staying healthy. He was looking fitter than ever. So the stuff that keeps him healthy is not legal. Yeah, absolutely. So he needs to take that to learn what it's like to not be healthy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. This, well, it's a mess. I was doing a bit of reading into it, and apparently he went to um, a... It's not a paediatrician, that's the one who treats <laughs> kids. It's just a, yeah. basically, it's a doctor who's not a GP. So, And he prescribed him something that he thought was um, approved by the league. Turns out it wasn't, but the doctor who he went to wasn't um, one of the ones on the league official... Wasn't uh, accredited. He or wasn't whatever. accredited, so it's his own bloody fault, basically. He can try and blame someone else, but... 
go to the right doctor and get the right stuff. Check the list before exactly. taking stuff. There we yeah, go. But from what I understand, it wasn't anything that's performance enhancing. It was just something that has a byproduct of being performance enhancing. Half of this stuff isn't performance enhancing. It's just on a banned list. True. But at the same time, it contains something that could enhance your performance. And he's going through a particularly good period. So, you know. <laughs> we had to nix that quickly. Yeah. All right. So next game then. So despite this being an NFC least matchup between the football team and the Cowboys, both teams were looking promising in the first half. What a game. I know the first touchdown of the game went to the Washington's rookie running back, Antonio Gibson, with a five-yard run. Amari Cooper struck back with a 54-yard touchdown catch and run. Washington tight end Logan Thomas caught a pass in the end zone just before the two-minute warning to help see them into the half with a lead by four points. The second half was a tough one for the Cowboys, though. Ezekiel Elliott coughed up another fumble for the season on the second play of the half. Luckily, the Cowboys' defence was still in the fight and held Washington to a field goal. On Washington's next drive, Alex Smith tried to force a pass to avoid a sack but only managed to pass it to Dallas uh, linebacker Jalen Smith. It was a nailed-on pick six, but Terry McLaurin has been watching DK Metcalf and (laughs) ran down Smith to save the score. The Cowboys clearly managed a field goal despite starting at the four-yard line. Thanks, Andy Dalton. And that was their last points of the game as the game slipped away in the fourth quarter. The Cowboys tried a fake punt that utterly failed and was punished the next play by a 23-yard Antonio Gibson run uh, to the left pylon. He then got his third of the game and the 11th of the season on the next drive with a 37-yard run up the middle. One last dagger was Andy Dalton having his pass batted down and returned to the end zone by Montez Sweat. The final score in Arlington, Texas was Washington 41, Cowboys 16. Yeah, this was a weird one. I didn't expect a 41-16 headline in this. I expected that Washington would probably have enough to win. I think I might have You, you bet on them to win. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those funny divisional games that can probably go either way. But I think Washington showed throughout consistently that they were the better team. 21 points in the fourth quarter Yeah. against the Dallas team who are getting pieces back and are starting to look a bit better than they were absolutely more consistently all the way throughout um, yeah Washington showing that they were superb this week and it's interesting now we're going into the AFC East sort of overtime when somebody has to win it and it's now looking as though it's between the Giants and the NFC Washington. East NFC East yeah. yeah it's looking like it's between Washington and the Giants and who would have said that at the beginning of the season <laughs> or even well last week well last week now <laughs> I found it really hard to bet on Washington, even yeah. though I like them, as yeah. that's why I bet on the Cowboys for this game, just because they seem to be a little bit more together. But fair play to, we, uh, I think, fair play you, to the team. Yeah, when you look at their individual compa- when you look at their individual component parts, they're like an American supercar. They've got a massive, huge, big engine. They've got all, they've got all the pieces, but it's the little bits that mm. make a car great American supercars are not great they're just fun to drive and they're big and they're powerful and they're big and shouty which is what you know the Washington team are but it's all the little bits hmm. the, the the parts that hold them all together that don't make them a Ferrari essentially and that's exactly what Washington are yeah uh, so let's go to Sunday then so Raheem Morris is continuing his bid to rub out the word interim on his current job title in Atlanta as the Falcons handed the Las Vegas Raiders their worst result of the year the Raiders set themselves up with a failed fourth and one on their first drive, then a fumble by Derek Carr on the second. The Falcons weren't punishing these mistakes, though. Even Matt Ryan threw a pick himself to Jonathan Abram for the Raiders to halve the deficit. A roughing the kicker penalty for the Raiders kept a drive alive that ended with Calvin Ridley catching the first touchdown of the game with two minutes left in the first half. Another sack, another fumble for Carr, gave the Falcons another field goal before half time. Only got worse for Las Vegas in the second half, with Deion Jones returning a pick 67 yards for a touchdown. 
Brandon Powell caught another Ryan pass for a score. Josh Jacobs fumbled and then Carr got another sack fumble. Ito Smith ran in the final touchdown of the game for Atlanta to end the suffering. The final score was Las Vegas Raiders 6, Atlanta Falcons 43. Yeah. It was a route. I especially after gave the Raiders all that praise the previous week as well. For being so close to the Chiefs and then putting in that performance. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a team who have to win shootouts. They have to. And their defence cannot... They can't stop a fight in the wind. They really do have trouble stopping teams. Now, the problem is, because their offence was continually striking out, it meant that Atlanta had a huge amount of time on the ball. So mm. they just kept on continually going down the field and just score, score, score. Almost every possession was a score. I don't actually think... I think they punted... They still punted three three times, actually. I'm wrong. So they still punted three <laughs> times and scored 43 points. That's insanity. Well, Damon Arnett got injured early on, didn't he, for the Raiders? Yeah. Well, he came off because of uh, concussion protocol, I yeah. think, and they just wouldn't let him go back on. He was no. stand, You could see him standing at the sideline in the second half going, I'm fine, I'm fine. You don't pass the league's rules, you don't go back in. He was trying to sell ice creams at the time, though, so I can understand why. <laughs> he was just going, <laughs> 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But uh, we also got to see a, a rare sighting of Nathan Peterman. Mm. The great. Mm. Got 25 yards on the game. I think the Raiders also had 11 penalties for 141 yards and only gained 40 rushing yards in the game as well. And, and Atlanta's not a team that you say you can't run on. No. So they got behind and they just decided to keep slinging it and fumbling it and intercepting it. So Third down conversions, just 3 got, of 12. I mean... Yeah. I don't think that John Gruden looked very happy on the sideline. It's just... I know I'm not a kind of facial recognition coach or anything like that you know, there's but... one particular point where they were talking and Gruden's obviously got his mask on mm-hmm. now but his eyes are saying the entire you story you can see what he's saying and I don't know if you saw but it was the bit where Derek Carr was covering his mouth and what he was saying with his helmet did mm-hmm. you see so he's literally holding up his helmet so no one can see what and it was almost a conversation between eyes and all you saw was eyelids and eyebrows <laughs> frantically moving it was, it was amazing to watch it was like something out of a Benny Hill sketch <laughs> Yeah, tough break there for the Raiders, and it just you know, just a reset on on what we think of them, I guess, well, for the I think, season. I think it's that's more on us than it is the Raiders. The Raiders are what they have been. We shouldn't have believed them they in the are, first place. They're they're a draft away from being a a solid team. They still need a few more really good pieces. I, I can't remember if, the, if they've still got two first rounders next year. I think that's run out now with the whole Chicago trade. So they they still need a couple of pieces, and they're still a very fresh team. I mean, there's there's Guys in there, it's, they're still in their first or second year. And the problem is that they have to start making it pay soon because those first round picks need paying soon. They don't they don't run the full five years most of the time. You have to start paying them. Um, so they are somewhat running out of time in the fact that they're going into the third year of those contracts. And typically those players start getting renewals relatively soon. And it's a shame they can't draft very well either. Well, I mean, they, they've done okay so far. Do you, I mean... Cleland Farrell looks pretty good. I'm not sure if he's... When do we ever mention the name Cleland Farrell when we're reviewing a game? When do you ever hear it? Yeah, we, it's not very often we review the Raiders, though, to be, to <laughs> still, be I still say if the people had like yeah, a multiple sack game, Max Crosby comes up now and again. Jonathan Abraham, really good um, start to this season. He's been a bit off in the past couple of weeks, plus because of injuries and stuff. First season, I think he played half a game, was out. He, yeah. It's he's, he's the tackle where he got whopped by his own man and then was out for the whole season. <laughs> yep. Um, so they're a team that I think don't catch a lot of press and I don't think you and I are particularly all that keen on watching their games in and out so I don't think we're necessarily the appreciation society that most people will go still, to still you never hear that guy's name maybe I still think he's solid we play him twice a year and he's a pain in the ass. 
so I don't necessarily think he's a game game player, a game changer, but I think he's a solid piece, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. The, pro- the problem they have is their pass rush is not continually putting pressure on and hasn't been since Mac left. Max Crosby I like. I do like. And we've talked about the Raiders far too much now for this episode. We've got to keep in, oh, in keeping with how we don't like to talk about them. 100%. Let's stop talking about them, Dave. Yeah. Right, so there was a tough match between the 7-3 and three Buffalo Bills and the 3-7 and seven Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. The Bills had the lead at halftime thanks to a touchdown pass to Dawson Knox by Josh Allen, a touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis by Cole Beasley, and a 45-yard Taylor ba- Tyler Bass field goal. The Chargers got a touchdown pass to Kean Allen, but Michael Badgley missed the extra point. Josh Allen had a standard rushing touchdown to start the second half. Rookie running back Joshua Kelly got a score back for the Chargers, but he couldn't convert a fourth and one on the next drive. The Bills then managed to turn the ball over on their next three drives. Fumbles by Devin Singletary and Josh Allen, and then an interception by Michael Davis looked to be opening the door for LA. However, Herbert threw his own pick three plays later to Tredavious White. A Tyler Bass field goal put the Bills ahead by 10 points. Then came the best part of the game. Anton Link showing clock management skills that would make a young Andy Reid blush. <laughs> they converted a 4th and 27 all the way to the Buffalo two-yard line, then ran a run play with no timeouts left. The messing about killed any chance that the Chargers could close up the score, and the game ended Chargers 17, Bills 27. I was literally scratching my head going, why are you running it? Why are you running it? It mm. makes no sense. Um, Bills ran the ball really well, like really well. And it's I think it's their second best performance all season on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this Chargers team is fair to Justin Herbert. Asking a rookie, <laughs> asking a rookie to go in and throw it 51 times or 52 times, that's not fair. Against now they're back, didn't they? Against that Bills secondary. I'm sorry. And it's not as though they were 40 points down or anything like that. They were down by 10. The, the Chargers don't have a run game. They don't have a run game and haven't done for quite some time. Mm-hmm. They've got the offensive line to have a run game. They've, you know, they've picked up people big and spent money on that offensive line. But the fact is, they don't have a running back and they put their money on Eckler. Eckler's not a running back. He's a little gadget back, like sort of Tariq Cohen kind of a thing. Yep. They need a power back. Oh, they've just got rid of one because they didn't want to pay him. I'm not his, I'm not Melvin Gordon's biggest fan, but... <laughs> oh, no, you're not. Well, but he's he is someone who... He's a bell carrier. Who can he go fumbles in and, the ball too he often. He can go in. I agree. He can go in, though, and have 25 carries a game. They don't have that at the moment and they're missing it. It's not fair to have a rookie and ask him to throw it 52 times but a game. But they, they did draft Joshua Kelly... Okay, and he did get a touchdown. Okay, that's fine. But look, he—I I picked him up in fantasy because he had one good game. Since yeah. then, I really <laughs> wish. I, the only reason I haven't got rid of him is because we have an eighteen-man roster and there's no one left because they're all on the COVID list. Trade deadlines passed as well. So. Whatever. No, I mean I'm about just getting rid of him. He's just no good. He's, he's fine. <laughs> but again, we saw it with Adrian Peterson in the last in the um, earlier game on Thanksgiving. On Thursday, yeah. Forget about the the yards that he had later on. He had two touchdowns for six yards at one point. Mm-hmm. So touchdowns don't matter for a running back a lot of the time. If you can finish, great. Now that's that's brilliant. But you need to be able to impact the game and take the pressure off your quarterback. I mean, the Bills were just sitting back at one point, going, "Okay, zone reads. Let's just see what you can rush do. three. Yeah, it it was easy. And the Chargers shouldn't be doing that. The Chargers are not a three and eight team. Well, record says they are. They are a three and eighteen, but they shouldn't <laughs> be a three and eighteen. I mean, they feel like, in all honesty, a seven win team so far. That's what they should be. Seven and four, maybe a six and five. They've got far too much talent to be only sitting on three wins. It's an embarrassment. 
One interesting stat was that the Chargers converted just three of 16 third down attempts, Christ. but they converted four of five fourth down attempts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're going for it. Just least. go for it every time on fourth down. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Lynn's at the point now where he has to, has to have some kind of success. Otherwise, the Chargers are going to be looking for a new owner, uh, a new head coach. They're in a new stadium, which they're not going to have any fans for. Uh, no one really likes them. They're a brand that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the same city as the Rams, and everyone's loving the Rams. The Rams have got a sexy piece. You know, they've got that um, the pass rush. They've got they've got, some, Donald, they've got some franchise got, players there. Yeah, they've got Jalen Ramsey. They've got Jared Goff. No matter what you think about <laughs> him, but they've got that whole mystique about them of being the Rams. The Chargers are just a bit of a joke. And mm. Anthony Lynn's not the guy who's going to help you turn that around. I don't want to talk about another AFC West team this long again, but Chargers need to sort themselves out because they're including okay. yours. No, oh, I know. We're going to be talking about them for a while. Uh, next game then so the Bengals might be without their two franchise Joes but the New York Giants play in the NFC East so this was a lot closer than some predicted a Giants rushing time was instantly replied on the kickoff with Brandon Wilson hitting a 103 yard kick return touchdown an Evan Ingram fumble set up a Bengals field goal the Giants got one back to see the two teams into the half with 10 points the Giants wouldn't score another touchdown but former Panthers kicker Graham Gano did get three more field goals to make it a two score game he's British him just to let you know yes Scottish right yeah yeah Shout out to a Brit doing well in the NFL. Daniel Jones had to come out of the game with an MCL sprain in the third quarter, so Colt McCoy finished up the game for New York. Brandon Allen won the QB role from Ryan Finley after being called up from the practice squad. You know all about Brandon Allen, Dave, Love from Brandon the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, and did get picked by Nico Lalas as well in the third quarter. A Drew Sample fumble didn't help matters either, but one bright spark came late in the game when he did drive down the field and got a pass to rookie wide receiver T. Higgins for a score to make it a two-point game. But the sack fumble by Jabal Sheard on the next drive stopped any thoughts of a comeback. And this one ended Giants 19, Bengals 17. Um, just, I don't want to go into this one too much simply no. because it was too... Uh, the Giants should have won this game. The Giants did win that game. The neither top of team, the NFC East now. Neither team scored 20 points. And this was Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen against Colt McCoy. So that's mm-hmm. all you need to know about this game. The one thing I do want to say is I like Brandon, Brandon Allen. He's a backup quarterback in the league. He'll never start for a team, but I think he's one of those good backups to have. Start to consistently. He's never going to start consistently. No. So I think this is his tryout now. I hope the Bengals don't just jump from one team, one quarterback to another. Just just say, look, this is your job. You've got it for the next four, five, six weeks, however many's left. Just go and just prove that you can be the understudy backup that we think you can, that the Broncos thought you could, that a lot of teams previously have thought you could. So just stick with the guy. Let's have some continuity because he's not bad. I think he's okay. And it's now his chance to be able to go and actually be successful. They need to lose every game, Dave. Oh, I agree. What are you talking about? I agree 100%. We don't want a, a half-competent quarterback there in, at Cincinnati? <laughs> the, I mean, the problem, the thing is, they don't need to lose every game. They no the Jets need to the Jets need to lose every game and they will lose every game. Okay, the Jets mm. will lose every game. The Bengals, Calling it already. As long as the Bengals finish in the top three, they're fine. They're not after a quarterback, so they're fine. If they finish third and the Jags, that's what I'm finish, saying. To stay third, if they the Jags, need to lose every game. If the Jags finish second, we know who they'll pick. It's more likely going to be Justin Fields, and then they'll be, be picking third for an offensive lineman. So mm. we know what's pretty much going to happen. So we can calm down with it a bit. And Brandon <laughs> Allen's not going to win you many games. This is just his opportunity to prove that he's a decent backup. Let's talk about a really good game then. Let's talk about the Titans against the Colts. Okay, so there's this guy called Derek Henry, right? And he's really good. Like, really good. Is he a free safety? Like that small little guy, isn't he? He's free safety. I don't know who you mean. Three touchdowns in the first half against one of the best defences in the league. Away really good. (laughs) 
So that happened as he averaged over six yards a carry in the game. He is so scary in the red zone that QB Ryan Tanner was able to fake the handoff and run one in himself again. There's also a 69-yard touchdown pass to AJ Brown in the first half. The Colts tried to keep up with the pace and started well with a touchdown pass to Trey Burton on the first drive and the Jacoby Brissett QB sneak on the second, but they went into the half down by 21 points. Phil Rivers for a complimentary pick to Breon Borders in the third quarter, but did manage to score two more touchdowns, another Brissett QB sneak, and a rare touchdown catch from T.Y. Hilton. That got the score 2012 points difference. Unfortunately for the Colts, A.J. Brown returned the following kickoff 42 yards for a touchdown that iced the game in Indy. Final score was Titans 45, Colts 26. And that was Derek Henry's third consecutive 100-yard game, his seventh this season and eighth straight on the road. Yeah, as, as the weeks drag on, he becomes stronger and stronger. Mm. Um, no, the Colts just couldn't stop him. I mean, they were missing um, DeForest Buckner this week and it showed it showed big time because they just yeah. weren't able to stuff that run through the center. Yep. Um no, I, I was very impressed with the with the uh, Titans again. I was a bit worried for the Titans at the beginning of the year because um, they lost Logan Ryan who's the, you know their standout cornerback. Um they lost uh Well, Dory Jackson's not really in the lineup. Well, Dory Jackson you would have expected him at the beginning of the season to really start though. Mm-hmm. Um obviously Taylor Lewan um, going as yeah, well they lost tackle. lots of different pieces and you were kind of thinking are they going to be the same team that they were you got second season syndrome for Tannehill um, but no they, they've gone on from where they were um, they had a minor bump earlier on in the season when they lost two back to back not really moaning on that it is what it is and other than that they're 8-3 and three, and they, they look amazing and it's that whole thing of they've been light on Henry so far this season he hasn't had a million carries like we were seeing he's not having mm-hmm sort of 30 carries a game as we were seeing towards the end of last year and it's all part of this sort of Vrabel master plan to give him a light carry throughout the season and when it comes towards the end of the season that's when his big carry that's when his um, sort of big workload will start um, but no they, the uh, Titans just look like a bigger stronger fitter team it was a, a disappointing result for the Colts I'm guessing at home they were, they were probably favourites if anything with that defence very stingy Second most stingy in the league behind the uh, only undefeated team there is. They are a stingy team, but you, you've always been able to run on them. You just haven't yeah. been able to go over the top, yeah. which is exactly what the Titans did all the way through. It's interesting. When did Jacoby Brissett become a gadget player? Because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, he just comes in to launch the ball or to sneak it over the line. So a yard. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go on then. So there was a, a tight, tight NFC matchup between the Panthers and the Vikings on Sunday. Rookie wide receiver Justin Jefferson stepped up with Adam Thielen out and caught the first touchdown of the game. Teddy Bridgewater was back under centre for the Panthers and was moving the ball but did throw the first pick of the game. This one was caught by Eric Kendricks in the red zone. The Vikings couldn't do anything on the next drive so Bridgewater found Robbie Anderson for a 41-yard catch and run. A Vikings field goal made it 10-7 at half time. The start of the second half will be one that rookie Panthers safety Jeremy Chin will not forget for a while as he scored defensive touchdowns on back-to-back strip fumble recoveries. But the Vikings weren't going away and they blocked a field goal on the next drive. Then Justin Jefferson got his second touchdown of the game to close the gap. Joey Sly hit a couple of field goals for Carolina to keep them ahead, but the Vikings struck one more time with a touchdown catch by Chad Beebe with less than a minute left to give the Vikings a one-point lead and the Panthers a chance with a 54-yard field goal. It didn't work out and the Vikings scraped the win Final score, Panthers 27, Vikings 28. 
I love the fact you skip over that bit at the end, which is the most po- most important part of the game. What was that? It didn't work out. It didn't work out. Well, it hit it wide left. Yeah. No, it wasn't wide left. If that was football, it was wide almost, going out. almost going out for a throw-in. He missed by about 30 <laughs> yards, Jerry Sly. He bit of adrenaline in the leg. He utterly choked. Yeah, it was adrenaline in which leg? The other one was a bit <laughs> No, I think what... So, in this game, Kirk Cousins isn't going to get a lot of credit. I mean, it was a six o'clock game. UK time against the Panthers are a rebuilding team um, so it's a game that they should have won and they did win they made a bit of a mm. meal of it um, it was obviously the return of Teddy Bridgewater to um, the Vikings the Vikings are still think- Panthers Panthers uh, no that's his old team no 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 return to the Vikings oh return to the, yeah, yeah, the scene of the crime return to the Vikings yeah <laughs> and the Vikings I still think have an affection for him because obviously what happened when he was there with mm-hmm. the injury etc um, well, they drafted him. Yeah, and it was the fact that he got he got the ball in his own, uh, basically in his own twenty five as a touchback. Um, had what was it, sixty seconds or one minute, round about that time, on the clock, mm-hmm. no timeouts, put together a 45, 50 yard drive or something in no time, set up a field goal, and yeah. he got flunked. Yeah, we should be talking about a great end to the game to Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. And th- this loss is more of a positive than the win is for the Vikings because the Vikings are not going to qualify for the playoffs all they're doing is sort of preventing themselves from having a high draft pick Um, Mm. I think there's still a lot of negatives with that Minnesota team I watched a piece on YouTube which was on about their zone coverage Yep, and it was comparing what they were doing two years ago to what they were doing this season Okay, and it's miles out I mean it's completely different it's like it's kind of like watching what Wentz was doing differently two years ago compared to what he's doing now. Everything mm-hmm. is out. Judgment's completely out. The blowing assignments. People just aren't moving. And it's simple things like there was one particular point when um, I think it was Robbie Anderson started burning down the line and one of the cornerbacks was going with him and just turned his back and ran ahead of him. So Robbie Anderson just sort of stopped. Oh, I'll stop then. Stop there. <laughs> yeah. there. And it was like a 25-yard completion for nothing. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? What I don't understand it. So the Vikings, I think there's a lot of issues there. Mm. And I've said before, I think Zimmer will go at the end of the season. I think they'll get rid of him because they're too good. And how bad is that injury to Dalvin Cook as well? I know he came back into the game after the injury. Yeah, I was going to say, he did limp off after the second Jeremy Chin touchdown yes. with an ankle injury. And he was in, because he went into the uh, into the tent and went back into the locker room. And he was in there for quite a while. And for, for a guy who's got injury, a uh, long injury history, that's a bit of a concern. Absolutely. But on the positive side, um, Justin Jefferson is having one of the all-time great rece- receiving rookie seasons. I mean, mm-hmm. he's being compared to Randy Moss. Slow, <laughs> slow yourselves. He's in the right team for it. That's the Slow thing. yourselves down a little bit on that. His stats <laughs> are very similar to Randy Moss, but let's let's not get too carried away there. Um, but no, he is, he is looking legit, especially with the concerns coming into the season as well. So no, big... Uh, Big praise for him there. Absolutely, yeah. Him, him and uh, Claypool have been the standout wide receivers. CDM maybe maybe CD, a little bit CD below. Lamb's had moments, but he's dropped too many catches, and he's had a really bad bad yeah. deal with the quarterbacks being thrown to him as well. I so. agree. Brandon Ayuk, I'm a big fan. He's um, done okay, but he's again, been injured he's as been well. Injuries as well, yeah. and he's just come back off COVID last week as well. He had a good game. We'll talk about him later. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Judy, I don't think he's had the quarterback or the scheme running yeah. for him. So, but no, I definitely mean, had the quarterback last week. So, <laughs> we didn't have a quarterback last week. Did right. you not know? Let's talk about another game. So, a tough game to watch in Foxborough as the young Cardinals took on the transitional Patriots. Cam Newton did not have a good day, no. throwing a pick to Marcus Golden on the first drive of the game. The Cardinals responded with a rushing touchdown from Kenyon Drake, who was back in the lineup. 
A Zane Gonzalez field goal put them 10-0 up before James White scored a rushing touchdown of his own. Arizona thought they converted a 4th and 1 at the goal line at the end of the first half, but replays went the Patriots' way. The Cards got some luck of their own though, when a punt at the start of the second half was returned for a touchdown by New England, but called back due to a penalty. Adrian Phillips got an interception back for, the, for New England, and then James White scored his second rushing touchdown of the game. Kenyon Drake then got his second rushing touchdown of the game to keep the things equal. Drake Kirkpatrick picked Cam for his second turnover of the game, but Zane Gonzalez hooked a field goal wide right from 45 yards out, and the Patriots were able to win with another last-second field goal by Nick Falk. The final score was the Cardinals 17, Patriots 20. Yeah, I think the story of this game is um, New England's ability to re- re- stop Kyler Murray from... Stifling, wasn't it? Yeah, it was stopping him from running, basically. It's mm. an, one thing that was pointed out on the game cast is that they weren't really rushing him. It was kind of playing, and I've never seen it before, kind of playing zone defensive line. Yeah. Of going, I'm not going to rush you because you're just going to drop gonna the stop you from moving forwards. Yeah, so I'm going to stay here and make you throw it. And when you throw it, I'm going to jump up in the air and bat it down, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen anyone do before. I've not anyone seen seen anyone play zone defensive line. Kyler's a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to oh, yeah, having the throwable height. four foot nine. <laughs> um, but you, the instant thing you would do is rush him, and they didn't. They no. put pressure, but they it was not very often. They actually didn't go to try and rush him. It was kind of a containment thing of going, if you're going to run, you're going to have to run all the way around us, in which case one of the linebackers will get you. So um, the Will and Mike were kind of playing sort of slightly further up and saying, if you're going to throw it, you're going to have to throw it across your body or you're going to have to run around us, which you're not going to do. And it was only in the second um, half when he was able to actually get some ground. But I think he only got like 30-something yards. It was... Yeah. Yeah, so I think that was one of the things, but... He'll come up against that a lot and he'll figure his way around it. He's still relatively young. He only had one year in college, really, so he'll, he'll figure all that out. Yeah. And yeah, Cam's continuing to look um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, but they still get the win. So, they you know, typical Patriots. The, uh, the next game, oh, God, it's the Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold was in for this game for some reason. Only took <laughs> three sacks and threw two interceptions. Sergio Castillo missed a 29-yard field goal and they couldn't take advantage of two Dolphin fumbles. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick played with two are still nursing a, th- a thumb injury. He threw two touchdowns to tight ends Mike Gazicki and Adam Shaheen. The game mercifully ended Dolphins 20, Jets 3. And the biggest talking point came after the game, Dave, when Jets head coach Adam Gase got called out for his play calling and then Gase claimed that he wasn't the one doing the play calling. Oh. Which was, uh, I don't know if you've seen the video, but it's no. pretty hilarious that he backs out saying, I wasn't doing it. And then when they said, well, your offensive coordinator was just talking to someone else during half the game. Uh, he goes, well... <laughs> We tell them what the first three plays are, so then it's up to them to deal with it. And then, oh, yeah, well, I do some some two-minute drill stuff and some third-down things just to get stuff going. It was like, the, where's the accountability with this guy? He's he's never he's always passed the buck, and it's just amazing that he's still got a, a job or has I ever mean, had a job in the National Football League. I, I, str- I really struggle to understand. I know exactly why he's still there. And everyone knows exactly why he's Because of the Polaroids there. he's got on the... Uh, the no, it's because they won the first overall pick, which <laughs> I absolutely 100 We're going to have to hope understand. that that's what the Jets hierarchy are thinking, because if they oh, think he's actually good... he's still there next yeah. season. <laughs> like, no, no, he's actually our mind. guy. That <laughs> legit blows my mind. It really does. It might still happen. It no, might still happen. It, it can't happen. It, happen. it physically cannot happen. Um... I have nothing to say about this game. <laughs> Sorry. Apart from well done to the Dolphins, because compared to where they were, 
sort of well the beginning of last season we any anyone with an ounce of sense would have said it's going to take five years for them to turn the corner Mm -hmm. Um, and they've done it extremely quickly and are in the playoff hunt so well done Miami yeah absolutely uh, so next game, a very tight end to the game in Jacksonville as the Cleveland Browns all but guaranteed their first playoff appearance since 2002. Mayfield had two first half touchdown passes to Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper respectively. Mike Glennon, who was starting his first game for the Jags, completed a 46-yard pass play to rookie wide receiver Colin Johnson to close the score. Ex-Giants kicker Aldrich Rosas made two field goals and missed one to make the score 17-13 to the Browns at halftime. A fumble by Browns rookie tight end Harrison Bryant set up a, set up a second passing touchdown for Glennon as he found very much non-rookie tight end Tyler Eifert to bring the gap back to two points. We need to talk about the running games, as Nick Chubb got a rushing touchdown in the 176 scrimmage yards for the game, Kareem Hunt failed to convert a fourth and one, before Jags running back James Robinson got his own rushing touchdown and the 159 scrimmage yards for the game. The second attempt at a two-point conversion failed for Jacksonville, and the Browns held on. Final score, Browns 27, Jags 25. And let's not forget Jarvis Landry, 143 yards as well. Doing very well. Yeah, I think it's a funny thing because the more the Browns win, the more they're gonna, the more they're gonna be feeling the pressure to keep Baker Mayfield. And the more you look at Baker Mayfield, the more you think he's not the right man. Um, consistently, they are running the ball on in key downs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one particular point during the game at the weekend where I think it was during the third quarter and they were leading, um, and it was second and two second and one something like that mm-hmm. now anyone at that point go big yeah because if you don't confer if you don't complete that's fine um and they didn't they run it and that <laughs> immediately tells me everything i need to know and they did that twice there yeah. was a play that baker did where he missed a wide open inside start and i laughed out loud i couldn't help myself surprise but... me i mean there was at one point i think harrison bryant was in the end zone and um, he, I think he, he didn't catch it or it was, it was some kind of bum pass or mm-hmm. some bum reception. They showed it again and the commentators went, yeah, that's on Baker. That's <laughs> literally all he said. It's just like, how can someone be this catastrophically ordinary and not receive the criticism for it? Last year, when the Titans win the playoffs, Derek Henry was getting 30 carries a game and everyone was going, well, they obviously don't trust Tannehill. Mm-hmm. They obviously... No one's saying that about Baker Mayfield. I think Mayfield they are. I think people are saying no that. No one I'm it. listening to saying <laughs> that. You're just not hearing it. Yeah. So it's just... Shannon Sharp hasn't got many nice things to say about Baker. Uh, yeah, I agree. But I don't listen to Shannon Sharp all that much just because oh. I don't have time. It's a two-hour show every day. And you've got to listen to Skip Bayless at the same time if you have to yeah, listen to Shannon Sharp. So, yeah. uh, I've given up on, on Skip Bayless on, for numerous, <laughs> for numerous reasons. As, you, as everyone should. A yes. couple of points of order after the game. So first of all, Jags general manager David Corwell was fired following the game. Yeah. But head coach Doug Marone was still in place mm-hmm. as we speak, as far as I'm aware. So that's a bit weird. But yeah. finally falling on his sword for some of the, the duff decisions he's made. Well, I... He hasn't actually been GM for that long. I know he has in title, mm. but he hasn't been making decisions really for all that long. It's only really been this season because prior to that, it was um, Coughlin. Yeah, Coughlin was the GM. Uh, was the what was it? Director of football strategy. Yeah, and yeah. then you had Dave Coldwell, who was kind of signing checks, and that's kind of all he was doing. And from what I understand, it's now Shai Khan's son, who's very much the. Uh, director of technical football, whatever there is. Yeah, a bit of nepotism never hurt anyone. Yeah, um, <laughs> again, they know what they want. So keep Doug Murray. The last thing you want is someone to come in and start winning. Come on, that's crazy. Mm. 
Well, there you go. One other thing was Brown's chief of staff, Callie Brownson, became the first woman to coach an NFL position group in a regular season game as she filled in for tight ends coach Drew Petzing, whose wife was giving birth. Yeah. So, a little bit of NFL history made there, albeit a tight end coach. But, yeah. you know, and small steps. I don't understand why, my, why uh, Glennon's playing instead of Gardner Minshew. I have nothing else to add on that. Just, just I don't think Gardner's it. healthy yet. No, he is. Is he? He is. He is healthy. It? He was on the bench and it's been uh, declared this week that... Uh, Mark Lennon will start again. Well, Jags are picking second at the moment, so make of that what you will. Yep. Uh, to possibly one of the worst games of football you could imagine outside of the Eagles playing the Jets, as the NFL made Denver play a game with no quarterback, and the Saints played Taysom Hill to try and even the handicap. The gadget player for the Saints ran in two touchdowns himself in the first half, on a Broncos defence that knew they were going to be on the field a lot. In the second half, Latavius Murray got two rushing touchdowns for the Saints. The first was an impressive 36-yard run. Poor Kendall Hinton managed to complete one of his nine passes. Noah Fant got the catch for 13 yards. The final score in this, air quotes, game was Saints 31, Broncos 3. Yeah, it was a disgrace. Denver finished with 12 passing yards on the game. Yeah, I mean, that says more about the Saints than it does the Broncos. <laughs> they allowed the 13-yard catch. The game shouldn't have been played. It's as simple Ooh, as that. The game, spicy. It shouldn't have been played. It fundamentally shouldn't have been played. How was it in the same week you have a Ravens team who have more than a dozen people test positive a new positive case every day more than one a day mm. literally more than at one least a day. one a day it's been cancelled it's been postponed three times it's now about to start i mean given the the game away here about yeah, when we're recording be, but we held out as long as possible hour, we thought it was going to be tuesday night and they've moved it to tonight yeah so when we finish this it will start by the time this comes out it would have happened but we have no, we can't review it because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and if they, and first of all, the NFL wouldn't allow us to reschedule the game. Wouldn't allow the Broncos to reschedule the game. No. Wouldn't allow them to move it to Monday night. Even said, look, move it to Monday night. We'll do it a different time to Monday night football. Wouldn't let it happen. Wouldn't let us sign a quarterback because whenever you sign a quarterback, they have to go into the five-day protocol. protocols for five days. They wouldn't let us activate one of our coaches who was a college quarterback. Yep. said no. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we had to do was pull a guy who has pl- thrown eight passes in the last two and a half years, was a quarterback in high school, and was a wide receiver on our practice squad, and looked like he looked like a wide receiver. The poor guy literally was taking hits off, you know, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan well, was only hit. one sack. He got one sack in the no, game. No, but how many times was he hit after oh, the pressures, he threw the yeah. ball? Yeah, like, yeah. He was literally pushed after he hit the ball, and he came up, came off, came off the game. Um, Kendall Hinton came out of the game and said, "I feel like I've just played a full NFL game as a linebacker because he hasn't been hit. He's not used to it. <laughs> the game should not have been played. And if we go back to what's happened, there's loads of people saying Broncos fans shouldn't be whining." because it was the quarterbacks that actually broke the rules. Well, okay, if we break down what's actually happened, I'm not going to go into it too much, because I think there's a lot of people who may not necessarily... We've only got so many hours in the day. Exactly. The quarterbacks came in, in their own time, into a coaching room to watch video, and they all wore masks whilst watching the video. That morning, they all tested negative, and they're in their own little bubble, etc., etc., Yep. They watched game tape. They did what they needed to. Then they went into the cafeteria, sat more than two meters apart, removed their masks to eat lunch, put the mask back on, went out, Jeff Driscoll, and then wore the mask for the rest of the time. None of the buzzers went off, anything like that. Jeff Driscoll then tested positive the next day. The Broncos players went, well, we've been in close contact with him. Were you wearing, ma- were you wearing the masks? No, when we were eating lunch, we weren't. But they were more than two meters apart. And that apparently constitutes a failure. Now, look at the fact that the Patriots have been fined 
for what they've done with COVID regulations. Mm -hmm. The Saints have been fined. The Broncos have not been fined. And yet we had to continue to play a game. In fact, to the point where our bye week got changed and our actual game day got changed by a week to play the Patriots who got fined for the instances that led to the games being delayed. It's a disgrace. Welcome to my world as a Steelers fan. It's an utter disgrace. If it would have been me, and I put this on Twitter out there, what I said is I would have gone out and I would have taken a knee every single time or I would have let the clock run out and play. I would just make a complete mockery of it. Mm -hmm. Or just punt it on first down. Then that's not fair on our our defence then. I just said, do you know what? Every single time neutral zone infraction. Every time. Or just just wildcat it every play and just, you know, run run down the clock. It's, it's not even about it's, the thing is it's just make, make a mockery of the game rather than or just get it every time just punt it into play literally smash it straight into the sideline yeah, I can't believe the NFL wanted that game to happen how, how it happened either you utter, know it's just ridiculous utter disgrace and the NFL should be ashamed of themselves it's, it wasn't a game and the Saints I mean, uh, there was one point where the Saints were actually physically celebrating at scoring a touchdown and you could <laughs> see the Broncos defence I think at one point Kareem Jackson said are you kidding yeah, you can literally go. Are you kidding? Are you nuts? Well, they've yeah. got Taysom Hill throwing the ball, so. Well, Taysom Hill as well. I'm sorry, <sighs> Taysom Hill was only just the best. Seventy-eight passing that. yards for Taysom Hill. I mean, and he came out after the after the game and said, "Don't look at my stats because we decided to run it. No, look at your stats. <laughs> yeah, look at your stats. You're son. meant to be a quarterback." <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got nothing against Taysom Hill. He is what he is. He's not. I don't starting like him. Quarter- he's not. No, I know you don't. But he's not a starting quarterback. He's not going to be a guy who's going to start no, for. He's not a quarterback. An offense. He's a guy who will come in and do a job, and he'll do lots and lots of different jobs, and that's fine. He's just not going to start, and we're seeing that in every game that he plays. But I don't think there's anything wrong with him. If the Saints want to go down that route, go for it. I mean, for me, he should be playing James Winston. But yeah, I have nothing more to say on that game. It was a disgrace, and it shouldn't have happened. And I think the NFL deserve to the Bron- to give the Broncos an apology, which they won't do. They won't do. No. Absolutely won't. Uh, over to the NFC West with the 49ers visiting the Rams. And there were lots of mistakes sprinkled throughout this one. The Rams fumbled on their first drive. The Niners got picked on their second. The Rams threw a pick in the first half and then the Niners fumbled. Six punts later and the Rams fumbled again, giving the Niners kicker Robbie Gould a chance to miss a 50-yard field goal just before half-time. Then a touchdown in the first half went to San Fran running back Raheem Mostert as the teams went in 7-3. The flubs went over in the second half and Goff gifted the ball to Niners first-round pick Javon Kinlaw, who drifted away from the line to grab the pass and run it back for a touchdown. A field goal each later and Troy Hill was returning a Niners fumble for a defensive team score. A Cam Akers rushing touchdown had the Rams up by three. But two Robbie Gold field goals swung the game for San Francisco with the final score 49ers 23, Rams 20. This this was the other side of Jared Goff this game. Mm. He looked awful. This looked like season one Jared Goff. 198 passing yards, no touchdowns, two yes. interceptions. But it's more than that. It's the passes he missed. Yeah. The amount of times when he was thrown into touch when he when there was men open and he was forcing the ball and it's it it was surprising that it wasn't really all that surprising actually that Sean McVay came out and was critical of Goff after the game because um, he's normally the biggest supporter but mm. if you can't beat this 49ers team you will never <laughs> beat any 49ers team and Goff has failed to deliver against the 49ers consistently they are his yeah. bogey team it's just yeah. a shame that they're in the same division. Um, this loss is on Jared Goff simple as that notable performance as well from Debo Samuel back after three weeks out he had 11 catches on 13 attempts for 133 yards yeah. I mean a lot of that was after the contact as well so he looked very good in a fairly average um, Fortnite's offence 
Well, I mean, as I say, Brandon Ayuk came back, but when when your quarterback is Nick Mullins, I'm not saying skill wise. I'm just saying in that game he did the, the oh, vast yeah. majority of the work. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't a, this was a game for the purest. <laughs> this was yeah, it was not not a great game, unfortunately. Mm. So only a few more to go. Uh, first of all, Sunday evening saw the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs heading down to Tampa Bay to play the hot and cold Buccaneers. You could tell from the first Chiefs drive when they tried a Philly special that the Chiefs were there to have fun. <laughs> the, the play didn't work, but that didn't stop the score from rocketing thanks to Tyreek Hill. He caught passes of 75 and 44 yards to help give him two touchdowns and 203 yards in the first quarter. It wasn't a perfect half for Kansas City, though. A Shaq Barrett strip fumble of Mahomes got a turnover for the Bucks. On the next drive, Ronald Jones hurdled his way to a 37-yard touchdown play after a swing pass from Brady. Hill had his third touchdown catch midway through the third quarter. This pushed Brady into throwing the ball more, which is obviously a problem. First, he lobbed a pass up that was picked by Brashard Breland, and after a couple of good throws on the next drive, his arm must have been tied because he fired a shot into the defensive line that popped up and was snatched by Tyron Matthew. Down by 17, the Bucks did get two passing touchdowns to Mike Evans, including a 31-yard grab on fourth down to get the score tight, but this game always felt like Kansas City's to lose. The final score was Kansas City Chiefs 27, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24. And the problem we've said with the Bucks again is they don't run it enough. So yeah. in, this, in this game, in total, 12, 12 rushing attempts. Yeah. 12. Uh, and passing attempts, 41. Yeah. I mean... Tom every, completed 27 of those. they've lost last week, they lost against the Rams, 17 rushing attempts. They need to rush the ball more. They need to run... They just have to. And the amount of times we saw... Tom Brady gunning it downfield and being miles away. I mean, mm-hmm. not even close. There's one point he threw it for, um, I think it was Cam, Cam Bray, the big Cam tight Bray, end. Cam yeah. yeah. Massive well, There's Rob end. Gronkowski there. There's... No, 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 it wasn't Gronk. And Gronk couldn't run that fast. <laughs> and Cam Bray, is, Cam Bray is obviously on a, a go route of just get downfield, take a couple of men with you. Sure. And... The ball was underthrown by about twenty-five yards. Now I'm not. I'm not saying that Brady can't throw it. It was a lot of people are because it's fashionable to say that. It's just his radar seems somewhat off. But I don't think we need to panic about it. The Chiefs are the better team. The Chiefs won by three points. It was a wider gap than three points. They yeah, could have gone down and scored. Yeah, they and, took their foot off the gas. It was oh, kind 100%. of garbage time scores for Mike 100%. Evans. Yeah, and they were just getting third downs to run out the clock. It was kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, we can go forty, but we're going to go ten. Yeah. So, and we're going to go ten, and we're going to take off two minutes every time we do it. And the only thing I would say with the Chiefs again is they didn't have too much of a run game. But when Tyreek Hill has this kind of game, you don't need a run game. Nope. They found the weakness and they continue to exploit it, play after play. So Chiefs look great. Bucks look like what they did look like. They'll win the next three or four, and they'll finish up ten and six, as everyone predicted. Is hmm. what it is. So let's go to the NFC North, shall we? Uh, Packers against the Bears and the return of the Mitch. <laughs> Just what Sunday Night Football needed was a bit of razzmatazz and Mitch delivered it in spades. Yeah. When you've got nothing, Dave, you've got nothing to lose. And that's how <laughs> Trubisky passed it. <laughs> Channing is in the Jameis Winston. Trubisky scored as many touchdowns as he had turnovers. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, had a much more stable, some would say boring game. Just throwing four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Devontae Adams got the first. Mercedes Lewis the second. Trubisky found Packers 2019 first round pick Darnell Savage in the end zone for a turnover. Alan Lazard got Rogers' third touchdown pass. Then Preston Smith returned a Trubisky fumble 14 yards for another Green Bay score. The Bears did at least get one touchdown before halftime thanks to Alan Robinson. Another Trubisky hoper downfield was taken away by Savage yet again. 
Robert Tunyon got Rogers' fourth touchdown on the subsequent drive to make it a 24-point lead to the Packers. A Jamal Williams 13-yard rush up the middle for a score only made things more painful for the Bears, but some light came in garbage time as Trubisky hooked up with Adam Robinson again and David Montgomery had a good game, finally capped it with a touchdown, but this game was never in doubt and Rogers moves to a 20-5 record over Chicago. The final score was the Bears 25, Packers 41. Yeah, this was a great game. I went back, it's one of those ones I watched the sort of 10 minutes highlights and went, no, I'm going to watch all of this. Okay. And went back and watched the vast majority of it. Um, and one thing that was really great on this was I was 26 points down in one of my fantasy leagues and had Alan Robinson who got 27. Ooh. Won by a point. I mean, that takes my record to from being absolutely abysmal to being dreadful, but uh, <laughs> um, big game for... Uh, Alan Robinson, big game for mm. Montgomery, mm. and it's exactly what we what we've thought with the Bears. Really, they're one position, one positional improvement away from being a half decent team. Yeah, and we know what that position is—the most important position. <laughs> Just so happens to be, but at least they weren't playing with a rookie from their practice squad. At least they weren't. I mean, they might as well have been, but at least they weren't. No, they're playing with a second overall pick that they moved up to get. <laughs> but. Yeah. So on that base, so where did where did the bear? I don't want to talk about this game because this game was no, exactly no, no. what we thought it was. Where did the bears go from here? Like legit, this is my question to you. I know what I think they should do, but what do they do? Clean house. They've said that they're not going to pick pick up Mitch, Mitch Trubisky's fifth year option, which means he's done. Yeah, he's done. So he's leaving as a unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a good chance the bears might get like a seventh round um, compensatory pick or <laughs> something, but it doesn't mean anything. So, Nick Foles, they've picked up his contract. I think he's he's, might he should be, start next season. He's got a year left, but then he's proven he's not the right guy this year. So, what's the point in? Yeah, there? but they'll they'll draft someone Let's and they'll make, have to try and groom him while think, uh, keep Foles in there. I think they're probably too high up in. So, they where they're going to be picking him at the moment? About twelfth, fifteenth, something like that. Dave asks the question, and I can tell you. I know you've got that stat to hand. <laughs> I have the exact stat. They're currently picking thirteenth. Okay, so potentially they're high enough to pick up if a guy if they fall in love with him. But we know what happens when Ryan Pace falls in love with someone. <laughs> they need to clear up Ryan Pace before next draft. Well, th- this was he my needs next to go. Question. This was my next ASAP. question as well. Um, so yeah, it, this is a big, big summer for the Bears, and one of the main reasons it's a big summer is because that defense is stacked. I mean, properly stacked, and there's guys on there who aren't going to want to be losing. They're wasting them. Yes, exactly. So pretty soon you go from being having a team who has a shite offense with an amazing defense which might win you games to now being a team with a shite, def- a shite offense with a defense that's now going to have holes in it. Mm. So it becomes a, a significant <clears throat> problem after the end of this season. Well, things they've got to address. Obviously Detroit are showing the way. Yeah. Maybe they should take a page out of the, the Lions book. You would think so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are available. So the uh, there was a chippy Monday night game with the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> at the Philadelphia Eagles. Seattle turned their first two drives over on downs to keep it scoreless. It wasn't until, well, sorry, it wasn't until almost midway through the second quarter that Russell Wilson got a fade pass to David Moore in the end zone to start the scoring. Chris Carson got a 16-yard rushing score on the next Seahawks drive, but the Eagles finally found some claws in it with a touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard to make the halftime gap at least respectable. Second half, and after a field goal apiece, it was Philly's turn to fail at a fourth-down conversion. The Seahawks responded with a field goal. The Eagles continued to take risks and went through another pick for the season, this time on a fourth down into the end zone that was caught by Quandre Diggs. 
After another Jason Myers field goal moved the Seahawks beyond reach, the Eagles had one more score. The Hail Mary into the end zone was batted down into Richard Rodgers' hands, and the successful two-point conversion made the misleading final score Seahawks 23, Eagles 17. I mean, watching the Wentz offence for the Eagles against the Seahawks defence is a car crash. (sighs) But... In recent weeks, in fairness, the Seattle defense has got a bit better. They're not blowing, need a bit. Need a bit. yeah, they're not blowing assignments. And compared to what they were in sort of September and October, I mean, they were on rec- They were on track to be one of the worst that I've certainly yeah. ever seen. Um, Wentz is still doing what Wentz is doing. God knows what he's playing at. Every single play is a last-minute gadget play that he's trying to extend for absolutely no reason. What's Doug Peterson playing at? He brought in Jalen Hurts for one play. Yeah, I don't why know. you do that? Put him in for a series. Put him in for a half. You know, don't yeah. don't do one play. That's just but ridiculous. It, but it must just mean that he's not ready. He's seen something about. I mean, he sees him every day, so you have to make the assumption that he's doing it for a reason. Um, but it's it just there's something wrong in Philadelphia. There's something really wrong, and everyone's saying let's get rid of Wentz. You can't. You can't get rid of Wentz. The contract he's on, you can't get rid of him. You're going to have to. No one's going to take him. No one's going to pay him <laughs> to 37, 37 million next you year. To... You, you can't do it. You just can't. No, 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 no. have to eat that contract. No, 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 no. But then if you do that, it just means... You're... I know a team that's not got any quarterbacks that might want one. Oh, we've got four. <laughs> we've just, I love you know. So I'll go back to the Broncos. We've just signed... Yeah. A Super Bowl winning quarterback this week. Ooh. Yeah. You don't know about this, do you? Go on. Kyle Shermer. Yeah. Kyle Shermer. <laughs> the son of our offensive coordinator. Mm. Nepotism is, sounds good. Who is being kept away from the facility. So if anything like this happens again, he's already passed right. all the protocols. So we're able to just bring someone in and go, You've got it's a standby. All right. It's all right. We got this. We got Kyle Shermer. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anything so ridiculous in my life. Oh, Christ. That's L- how bad this game was. The fact we went back to talking, talking about, about a Broncos. previous game. Yeah. Let's just say very quickly that DK Metcalf, as notable performance, had 10 catches on 13 attempts for 177 yards. He was the, again, bright spark in an offense for and, that, that game. And um, in that, so he was picked in the second round. Maybe yes. the third round. Maybe the third round. I think he might have snuck into the third. Like, it was late second. Yeah. Because I was saying Metcalf should go first He was round. dropping. Yeah. yeah. I was saying he should go first round. He absolutely was. Mm-hmm. He absolutely should have as well. Yeah, yeah. On that talent. Um, and the Eagles, one of the teams who picked up a wide receiver. They did. Ahead of DK Metcalf. And when it came up, I went, but but why? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And that guy was JJ Arcega-Whiteside. Arcega-Whiteside. So not only... Are you? They had uh, Jalen Rager this year ahead of Justin Jefferson. So I like Jalen Rager. I think he'll do okay. He's not over Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. No, 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 I know it's another madness. Pick. <laughs> no, I do agree. But I think Re- Rager is better than Arcega Whiteside, and without any shadow of a doubt. But <laughs> I mean, the only positive with JJ Arcega Whiteside is the fact that it's positive to see a European player doing. I was going to say doing well in the NFL, just being in the NFL, which you know is one thing. Um, but no, and. So not only do you have to watch a guy burning you, it's a guy you could have had, which is, which is the other weird thing. So it's kind of, not only this is what you could have had, this is what you could have had, and he's now killing you as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not a great game. So let's have a quick look at the standings then before we uh, move on to the picks. Uh, first of all, so a couple of moves. First of all, the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans jumped the uh, Indianapolis Colts with their win over them on Sunday. 
That was the only move in the AFC. Yeah. In the NFC, you had a lot of movement in the NFC East. The Giants moved to the top. Washington moved up to second. Eagles went down to third, and the Cowboys are now in fourth. In the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings jumped the Bears. Uh, they're both on a five and six record. Minnesota is now in second place. In the South, the Atlanta Falcons moved ahead of the Carolina Panthers after they won and the Panthers lost. So, Falcons are four and seven. Panthers are four and eight. And in the West, the Seahawks jumped above the Rams after their win slash loss over the weekend. So, Seahawks have a game lead over the the Rams. Yeah. So those are the standings. Other thing we've got to do then is look at the picks for the week. So, Dave, you were taking on Mike, who is a Ravens fan, yeah, if I, I recall correctly. I don't feel like I've done that well this week. Oh, no. <laughs> no, because I just think there was a few... Uh, I think there was a few what I probably went the other way on. I can't remember. I think if I got over like nine, I think, or if I got nine or over, I think I'm happy this week. Well, obviously, there were supposed to be 16 games being played, yep. and we can only count 15 of them. Oh, no. Because one's I'd, happening I'd in a minute. I'll take the Steelers as a win. <laughs> it should be, shouldn't there it? There is no way. Let's let's preview the game now. Right? Yeah, okay. So Steelers went into the game. They absolutely trounced the Ravens, <laughs> the RG3 led Ravens. Yeah. Multiple picks were taken. There's 15 or 16 sacks. They absolutely trounced the game. Steelers won. Give me a point. My fantasy team needs the Steelers defense to do that, by the way, if I'm oh, going to yeah. win my, win my week. As long um, as you're within 50 points of your next guy, I think you're you, fine. I'm almost. <laughs> I'm about, <laughs> it's about 40 odd points. But, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so anyway, so the picks for the week, Mike got 12 out of 15. 12 out of 15? I mean, yeah, that's legit good. Yeah. If you get beat by 12, you can't, you can't make it. Yeah, you got that. 10. 10's okay. You said if any more than 9, you'd be happy. Yeah, yeah, 10's uh, good. The way it broke does down that, was... Does that include Steelers? No. Well, I'm, I got no, I'm not gonna, no, I can't do it. No, I, got I, can't, I can't officially do it. You know as well as I do. <laughs> I got 11. I'll see you in a week. You're still time. lost. All right, so yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to saying that you're right. Uh, but the ones that you got wrong, you picked the Lions to beat the Texans, you yeah. picked the Raiders to beat the Falcons, the Cardinals to beat the Patriots, the Broncos to beat the Saints. I mean, can I just say, I would have that one back if I could, literally 24 hours after that. Mm. So, yeah. You both picked the Rams to beat the 49ers. Uh, Mike also picked the Cowboys to beat Washington and the Bucks to beat the Chiefs. Yep. So, there we go. Uh, how did your betting go for the week, though? Oh, terribly. Yeah? yeah. yeah. I'm glad to hear that because mine, mine lost on the Cowboys as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's horrendous. <laughs> Let's not even go there. I mean, no, to be, to be fair, I had another bet this week. Um, I did a bit of a weird one and it lost because the uh, Chiefs won by less than five. Uh, they won. I said the gap had been more than five. And it yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I would have I won 45 good on that one for only a pound on as well. So, yeah. I did see there was one person I saw on Twitter. It's one of the you never know whether or not they're true. But, yeah, um, he won twenty five grand because he put a bet that certain people. So he said Derek Henry would score two, Tyreek Hill would score two or more. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill would score two, um, Gibson would score two, and someone else. Jefferson and, maybe. No, I I can't remember who it was. It was someone else. Um, but yeah, I mean, ridiculous odds. If that's what you're betting and you, it comes in, you deserve the world. Yeah, sticking a tenner on that, it's like, okay, you've got money to burn. Yeah, it was ridiculous. We don't. So. No, we absolutely don't. I think I'm on about £18 now, I think. Mm. So, not great. And, oh, sorry, then the last thing is fantasy then, Dave, yeah. for week 12. How do you get on with fantasy? Um, 
I won in all my leagues apart from ours. <laughs> um, going into the last week, I really needed, uh, I really needed Travis Fulgham to do me a good job. So yeah. I needed about thirty-five points from him. So I needed, <laughs> I needed him to have a big game. That's yeah, it's more than the big game. Yeah, um, he had a great game, like a career-defining game. Um, two receptions for 16 yards um, 1.6 points so yeah needless to say I got walloped I got walloped by first place so I can't moan too much yeah in, in our league I'm currently down by about 45 points and I've got the Steelers defence to go um, Johnny Smith is my big disappointment of the week I know he was playing because I saw him on every snap but he didn't take zero. one catch so zero yeah zero yeah hey I specialise in zero points um, so I might I, as well stuck George Kittle in there. Well, the funny thing, right? I I changed before the game. I changed um, having um, on one of my other leagues. I changed having um, Jerry Judy, and it didn't change it for the game. For some reason, it reverted back. And obviously, Jerry Judy didn't catch anything because he didn't have a quarterback playing with him. Mm. So I got screwed on the last one. I had I, I, I was running really low because of COVID. I think I got six uh, different suspension so I was running really low and the only running back was Devante Booker which I really really didn't want to want to pick up but did anyway and after having a couple of monster weeks he reverted to type and got half a point um, and uh, yeah so other than that I mean my bench had nothing my starting team had nothing the only thing really I had was Dallas Goddard on my bench and other than that I mean I just had a terrible week it's nothing <laughs> Covid's killed my fantasy this week and obviously losing um, Saquon Barkley uh, after a couple of weeks has just killed me cause I was you are just a factory of sadness Dave come on yeah, it's lighten up no. I had AJ Brown on my bench because obviously they're against the Colts defence so it was oh, like Jesus. keep him out keep him out and then of course he goes off for almost 30 points so <laughs> there was there was a, um, a guy that I saw who had uh, like all of the top scorers this week and got nearly 400 points or something mm. it was ridiculous and I mean, hey, you ride or die with these starters. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Imagine being against him, though. You're just like, <laughs> what, what can I even do? No, nothing. Just smile and wave, boys. Yeah. Smile and wave. Let's take a break, Dave. Come back and talk about week 13, yeah? If we must. We must. Welcome back, guys, to the Jim the King NFL podcast. This is the week 12 review slash week 13 preview. It's myself and Denver Dave. We've been through week 12, it's time to look at week 13, Dave, and we start every week 13 looking at the picks. So obviously, last week we had Mark, the Raven fan, yeah. sorry, Mike. Mike, the Raven fan, doing it. Now we've got a real problem here, because we've got another Mike coming in, yeah. but this is your kryptonite. This is Kansas City Mike, who is a bit of a black widow when it comes to picking for us. He beat the King every time he played him. And he beat, and he's up against, he beat, beat you as well before. On points. In fantasy last year as well. Yes. I mean... Yeah. So, you're in trouble now, sir. You're already right, behind. Now. This is going to be extending the lead, I'm thinking. I mean, it has I've been, got his picks here. It has been thoroughly unpredictable. There was a point um, a couple of weeks ago when Rich Eisen got four. So, I'm not... <laughs> yeah, but I don't trust Rich Eisen to I'm not have any sort of too, opinion on the game. I'm not too gutted the fact that I'm behind what have, at some points, been rogue picks. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't... You can't know anything for certain in the NFL, yeah, yeah, yeah. apart from the Jets. So let's see what you do here. Ain't that the truth? The first game 
There's no Thursday night game. There's no Thursday night game. No, we're going straight into Sunday. Well, we've kind of got a Thursday night game. We got <laughs> a bunch of tosses. I want to go home and watch that game now. <laughs> so, uh, the first game up is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Miami Dolphins. Bengals at the, uh, you've got to go Dolphins. I mean, Dolphins are stronger do. in every department. Um, I don't particularly care who's starting. So I think Fitz started last week. I don't know if Tua is back. I'm thinking Tua is going to start. They said that Tua was basically going to play last weekend, but they just felt it was best to keep him out yeah. just in case. So I'm assuming Tua is going to be playing this game. You, the, the smart money's on the Dolphins to win this game. And Kansas City Mike has chosen the Dolphins. Yeah, sensible pick. Then we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Jets. I mean... Every now and again, you know when you're watching Red Zone yeah, and you know, something happens, you have to go and get a drink or whatever it will be, mm-hmm. and you know you fall behind and you want to skip through. To zoom forward, That's, yeah. This is my skip game for the week. <laughs> it really is. The, the Raiders should win it, but on his day, Sam Donald can be special. And against that defense, this could be the game that the Jets win. Mm. I don't think it will be. but I think it They m- put up more points than the Raiders last week. Yeah. I think it might just be... No, they didn't. I think the Jets only scored three last week. So the Raiders. Oh, okay, so it was level. So did the Broncos. Oh, God. That's a club you don't want to call. <laughs> no, Raiders, Raiders, Raiders put up six. Raiders actually scored... Oh, the they same. did score six. Damn they it. scored the same as the Jets and the Broncos combined. That's a performance <laughs> for you. Um, yeah, you got to go. Either Raiders. way. Either go way. In, is it in New York? Yeah. I really want to go Jets. Really oh, you said they were going to win the game, though. You said they weren't going to win the game. Oh, no, I'm going Raiders. Go Raiders. <laughs> going, no, it's just because the Jets are go that Jets. bad. Go Jets. Go Jets. Come no, on. I'm there you go. Mike's gone for the Raiders. Yeah. Then we've got an AFC West, uh, sorry, AFC South matchup. It's the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Colts took the loss. Houston t- took the win last week. But, of course, Houston haven't got any wide receivers anymore. Nope. After losing Will Fuller and getting rid of Kenny Stills. True. Who's winning this? Texans are going to win this game. Hey, How are they doing that then, Dave? So, there's, I think there's two parts to it. First and foremost, the Texans are experts. At, and the Texans are a different team to who they were at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And they're experts at beating teams who are not on form. I'm not too fussed about losing the Will Fuller. Uh, about losing Will Fuller. Because he wasn't always the focus point anyway. Um and Bradley Roby, I have no issues with losing Bradley Roby in the backfield. Maybe it is what it is. And it comes down to the fact that Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Phil Rivers. So I'm backing Watson on this. So yeah, go Texans. And I've got to have a bit of a punt every now and again as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it looks like you do, yeah, because Kansas City Mike has gone for the Colts. I don't blame him. <laughs> much better overall unit now than the Texans have been gutted I agree but I think the Texans will win this game the Cleveland Browns are at the Tennessee Titans Titans <laughs> yeah yeah I, do. I don't think this is going to be a gay this is going to be the quickest game of the week because both teams are going to rush it and the clock's going to run down this game will be over by 20 past 8 um, they've got the same record these two teams yeah they have, but the Browns have had the easiest schedule in the NFL, okay. um, which says something because you guys have. Oh, so here we Steelers go. Steelers have played some <laughs> this season. <laughs> I know we played you, but you know yeah. we have played some hard teams as well. Not many. Yeah. Um, this is Titans are getting to that point where they're coming into their own, and we after everything we've said about them, I think the Browns are still 
a very good team and I respect the Browns in the way that they play because mm-hmm. they play to their strengths and don't go well let's force it let's let's do what the Falcons do and force you know we have to throw because we're paying 30 million quid to a quarterback rubbish just do what you do and do what you do best yeah and the Browns do that but I think the Titans will just be too strong okay Mike's gone for the Titans as well the oh we've got NFC North then it's the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears Lions I'm going for tasty I'm yeah going to go for Lions yeah you do like your Lions, so in, like between lions. the two, I can see why you've done that. Who's the head coach? Is it what is it like the offensive coordinator or something? I don't know. I can assume. Or care. Um, um, yeah. Do we know who's starting for Chicago? I'm going no. to assume it's Mitch. I don't know. Does it really matter? A little bit. Interchangeable, as far as you were concerned, anyway. No, I just, I just don't even Foles is particularly the answer. Um, so, yeah, it looks as though... Uh, Mitch Trubisky starting again, so I am going to go Lions. Okay. Sorry, uh, Lions and Bears fans, for not having more information on your two teams. But, uh, yeah, I just haven't bothered reading that information. So, yeah. uh, I've just had a quick look now, and it, 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 apparently Trubisky's in line to start. Okay. Uh, Mike's gone for the Bears, so we've got a difference now. Yep. A second difference in the, the picks. Yep. Then we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Minnesota Vikings. The Mike Glennon-led Jaguars. Under yeah. no circumstances can I pick them away <laughs> to Minnesota. Mm. Not having it, no. No? No. Okay. Well, Jags have lost like 10 games in a row now. Yeah. So, on for 11. Yeah, Mike's gone for the Vikings as well. You'd have to have your head examined to pick the Jags, unfortunately. Yeah. Then you've got a NFC South matchup with the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. Um, see, Taysom Hill should be starting this one again. I am going to go for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Say it with your chest, Dave. Say it with your chest. <laughs> it, it's mainly because of Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. That's literally it, and I've got to claw some points back. So, <laughs> I mean, they're on a winning. They've won eight games solid. One of which was against the Falcons in the reverse. They've had some easy games as well. They have. They've played some <laughs> this season as well. Um, no, I'm. I'm going to go for the Falcons just because I think Mike would have gone the other way for the Saints. So it's just to put that difference in there. <laughs> well, yeah, he has actually gone for the Saints. Makes it's sense. not like most weeks where you've seen the picks and forgotten them. You've not seen these picks. No, so. yeah. <laughs> most of them I just go, I can't remember who the bloody put. <laughs> then we've got an NFC West matchup with the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Rams at Cards. Mm-hmm. Good game. Yeah. Good game. Um, Second place, third. It's down to Aaron Donald against Kyler Murray. Really. <laughs> It is because it's 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 about how effective that pass rush can be at containing the Kyler Murray run. Um, I'm going to have to go for the Rams, only because there's been. Did you just say how bad Goff was in the last game? Yeah, that's the main reason, though, because there's been such criticism of Goff. I mean, we saw it with um, Cousins last year. Mm -hmm. Cousins got slagged off by every man and his dog. I mean, you had. Um, Stefan Diggs leading a one-man protest <laughs> to get himself out of the team against yeah. his quarterback in public. Yeah, yeah. And what happens when that happened? What happened after that? Cousins came back and was absolutely fine. He's much, much better. And I think we will see that from Goff this week. So yeah, we have to see that from Goff this week. He has to improve. Okay, Mike's also gone for the Rams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the sense. It is the sensible pick. It wouldn't surprise me though if the cards do put it on him. 
because the cards have I would have, the I would have probably gone for the Cardinals if I had to pick there's, that game. There's too many penalties with the cards. The defense isn't isn't um, is disciplined enough. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. this all season. You know what my issue with the defense is. Um, and they rely far too much on the run game. Mm. Um, and when you've got the best wide receiver well, in the game... They've got good wide receivers. This is the thing. I, I'm a massive fan of Christian Kirk as... Uh, as mm-hmm. a downfield threat exactly this Andy Isabella is like my guy he's my one of my favourite players to watch because I think he's just so expensive Old Man Fitz as well never forget him Old Man Fitz every game he's guaranteed at least two or three catches mm-hmm. um, so there is the possibility that the cards could come in and literally blow 30 or 40 points on this straight away um, I just think, I think the Rams, they, Rams can't keep up in the score score fest no but it's, it's also that the Rams have got real playmakers all over the field so it, the, it, this, the, the matchup of the, of the week is going to be Ramsey against um, Hopkins that's going to be the play of the week, matchup of the week what's interesting though is that obviously um, with some of the stupid uh, decisions that Ramsey was making last week mm-hmm. um, every he, week well he got called out big time by the offensive coordinator of, of the Rams in the press so uh, it's it wouldn't be too surprising if he goes in there and has a worldie as well so <laughs> Okay, so you both gone for the Rams. Next up, we've got two division leaders here with the Giants at the Seahawks. You can't go for the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the Giants, but you can't go for the Giants. Daniel Jones came off injured. We MCL know... sprain, so he might not play this game. It might be Colt McCoy starting. Oh, for, for God's it? sake. Seahawks. Give the Seahawks a 100-point head start as well. Uh, give the, the Giants a 100-point head start. This could be a massacre. <laughs> This is a nine o'clock game. Bloody hell. Yeah, it's, <laughs> flex that game, NFL. Yeah, flex absolutely. it all you want. Uh, yeah, Mike's also gone for the Seahawks. Then we've got the New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers. Well, that was quick. Mm. No idea why. Both teams are crap. Both teams make stupid decisions. They're both as bad as each other. I've got to go for one of them, and I think Mike's going to have gone for the Patriots. So I'm doing it purely You've gone on for the a basis. three and eight Chargers team beating a five and six Patriot team. Yes. And that is with Belichick. His his record against rookie quarterbacks is mm. like twenty seven and one or something stupid like that. Yep. And that one, by the way, was Drew Locke. Just for just for the record, <laughs> son. Just for the record. Um, yeah, no, I don't know why I'm gonna go for it. It's just because I think Mike would have gone the other way. Um, what if he hadn't? Then. I won't lose a point. <laughs> I won't lose a point when they get absolutely. You're change your pick. No, I won't get. I won't get a point when they get absolutely demolished by the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike has actually gone for the Chargers as well. Oh, is so, he really? Yeah, yeah, he's gone for the Chargers. Oh, yeah. Okay, I go for the Patriots then. <laughs> you can't do it anymore. Oh, you lose it. Go for the Chargers. We can both be wrong together. Have, have a go at this one then, Dave. It's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. You didn't even have to say Packers. You could have just said the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's the other lot. Yeah. The Eagles are monstrously bad. And it's not all about that offensive line. I'm so sick of hearing, oh, well, if he has a better offensive line. No. Mm-hmm. No, the decision-making is diabolical. Play calling is... Yeah, and there's, I saw... A, um, there was a piece what was on um, Sports Illustrated. It was about his front foot and the way he... Brett Coleman his... talks about this is pigeon-toeing. Yeah, so I was going to say, I can't remember what the term was, pigeon tone, that was it. And it's the fact that you want your front foot to be facing where you're throwing the ball. And it hadn't noticed it, like legit hadn't noticed it. Mm. But he's like standing on his 
You now notice facing. it every single play. Yeah. Oh my god! It's, it's like a darts player, isn't he? Yeah, He's got his foot so think, far sideways. If you think about it as like a darts player, his foot is literally facing sideways, mm. and he's throwing through it, which drags. Uh, it means your hips can't rotate, and you basically drag it to the side. Yeah. And every other quarterback, apart from Mahomes, because Mahomes is a freak, it it has to point relatively in that direction. Mm-hmm. And whence his mechanics are just off. I mean, it's awful, and it's and it showed. It, it, yeah, it blew my mind. So there's there's a huge amount wrong with the Eagles. And one of the things that was said, the reason they're not fixing it is because you don't fix mechanics during a season, basically. Well, the Brett Coleman, who I always recommend, said that you know. He always had that pigeon towing issue, but because he had a better offensive line when he first came into the league mm. and was able to scramble around, it was negated a little bit. So they were able to work around it. But interesting thing, as though, things have fallen apart, it's just become more pronounced. Interesting thing. Um, SI did a uh, a piece that was sort of written by someone else, and they said uh, in that other piece that was written by someone else, and they credited the other uh, article, said yeah. that apparently the average amount of time he had to throw available times so this isn't when you actually throw but it's where, where you don't have pocket pressure, pressure yeah. um, is higher this year he has more time this year than he did last year which yep. if that is true literally blows my mind <laughs> literally my, my head just explodes so you're going for the Packers aren't you? yeah without, yeah without, so is Mike easy, easy. so is Mike how about this one then Dave we've got the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs I mean we haven't beaten the Chiefs in nine games. You against Kansas City, Mike? What Ooh. are you doing? We've we've got an insider. Yeah, we got Sherman now. He was at the he was at the Chiefs last <laughs> season. He might be the secret. Mm. I was listening to a Broncos podcast, and they had the nerve to say we'll be tapping up Kyle Sherman to get the inside track. Shut up, <laughs> Chiefs. Give it, give it a rest, will ya? You let your lesson from picking the Broncos oh, last week. Then come on, give me a break. <laughs> Well, surprisingly, Kansas City Mike has also gone for the Kansas City Chiefs to win that game. Monday night, the Steelers have to play another game. That time, it's the Washington football team at the Steelers. Um, two really good pass rush. I want to say the best two pass rushes in the league, mm. really. I mean, the Steelers, uh, sorry, Seahawks pass rush in like, the past three weeks has been really good. Um, but, yeah, I want to say Washington... Just because you know I like Washington. That's not to troll yeah, me. Because yeah, yeah. I like Washington. Is. But you can't look past the Steelers. You shouldn't. It, it depends though. Because the Steelers come into this week against the Ravens. We don't know what the Steelers are going to do. And there could, if you do try and run up the score, there could be a lot of cheap shots and a lot of injuries and things that we know go on. When there's a mall, for example, fingers get bent back and snapped. And well, Morky's pouncy, our centre's been put on the COVID exempt list, so he's not playing this week, and I don't think, know if he's going to be able to play next week. Does that mean you have to draft in a wide receiver to play centre <laughs> this week? We have some depth, so we can yeah. put someone else there, don't we? Oh no, they should ban all of your centres. In fact, <laughs> Don't all blame of, us. Look, look, we've been victims of, of the COVID line. thing as well. Don't yeah, start yeah, having obviously. to go. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. blaming everyone. Uh, Scam all of you. <laughs> um, Steelers, sorry. Steelers, right, yeah. Mike's gone for the Steelers as well. Yeah. So a Tuesday night game is the Buffalo Bills at the San Francisco 49ers. Bloody hell, they're all the way through the week. Um, mm. All right, Bills, 49ers. Uh, it's got to be Bills. The 49ers are starting to get some of their injuries back, though. They are, um, yeah. They had Sherman back last week. He played pretty well. Interesting thing, um, because interesting sideline on this, uh, which is something I read. The 49ers have had so much 
cap space for so long on IR, they could be the only team next year that effectively don't have a salary cap decrease. Their salary cap could actually go up because you can carry over a certain percentage that you don't spend. Mm -hmm. So they could actually end up having more salary cap than everyone else. I find that interesting. Right. Um, Bills. (laughs) Mike's also gone for the Bills. Yeah. And then on Wednesday next week, because the Ravens get even more time than everyone else in the league, the Dallas Cowboys are at the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, that game's... Let's let's be honest. That game's not going to be played on Wednesday. It's going to be played on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Um, The Cowboys are so monstrously bad, but who knows who's going to be playing for the Ravens by that point. I mean, they've got over a dozen players out at the moment. I mean... Did you see what uh, Jerry Jones said about his QB situation? No. Because they were talking about the Broncos, and he said, well, I don't think we've had a much better situation here. You know, We've had to play Danucci and uh, young guys. It's like, and, ben, and Ben Danucci was like, what? <laughs> Throwing him under a bus here just because he didn't play very well. <laughs> I mean, I would have killed for Ben Danucci at the weekend. <laughs> You've done unspeakable things for yeah. Ben Benucci. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to know what. Hey, you get over here. I mean, if Ben Benucci <laughs> had have played that weekend, uh, the weekend for the Broncos, he yeah. would have been the most. He would have been the best quarterback in that game by some stretch. <laughs> um, I really want to go for the Cowboys just because that game's been being played next Wednesday. Yeah, apparently. So everyone else should be back. I'm going to go Cowboys. Really? Okay. So. Love it. The way that I'm looking at it is the Cowboys are, they're playing on, no, they're they're literally preparing, they're on a bye, basically. Mm -hmm. So they played last Sunday. Yes. Got murdered. Well, Thursday. Last Thursday, even. Christ. Thanksgiving. They're nearly two weeks off. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. Basically. It literally is, yeah. So they've had non-stop like two weeks to prepare for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Dalton's not terrible. He knows the Ravens. He has played the Ravens a lot. He's played the Ravens a huge amount of times and been okay at the Ravens. But it's a prime time game. I mean, that happens to Dalton under the lights. True. You you raise a very good point there. But I mean, that game's going to be not gonna melts be like a wax one candle. We, one thing we know is that game is not being played on Wednesday. <laughs> that, not being played on Wednesday. Look, we're going to go what we've been given. All right. Look. What, yeah, who's, the more I are you picking talking, the Cowboys? The more I keep talking, the more of the game you miss. Yeah, there. come on, dude. <laughs> I go home. I'm thinking. <laughs> you just said Cowboys. Yeah. Right, Mike's gone for the Ravens. And that's that, all right? The Bucks and the Panthers have their bye week this week, officially. So there we go. Those are the uh, the picks for week 13. Yeah. Two more things to do, Dave. First of all, fantasy. Who are you playing this week? Are you uh, going to win? I can't remember. Con. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of... Um, a couple of injuries and not much on my bench. I've still, I'm still riddled with COVID, basically. <laughs> um, DJ Sharks on my bench. I've got to decide whether I play him mm-hmm. or uh, Jerry Judy. Um, yeah, and Jer- Jerry Judy's got Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees. I wish he had Drew Brees. Not <laughs> thrown at him and Mike Lennon's thrown to DJ Shark. So who knows? So chances are, I am not going to win this one. I'm afraid. I'm up against the guy that's starting Carson Wentz at the moment, so I'm hoping for a good game. Well, the thing is, on his bench is Tom Brady. Oh, Brady's on the Tom bye. Brady is on the bye, and there's no other quarterback there. I am going to trade him Lamar Jackson. 
Well, I told you, Dave, the trade deadline has passed, so you can't do that. Oh, that's annoying. So I'm currently stated, as part of the projected points which we don't care about, I'm projected to win that game. I hope not. He's a Broncos fan, the guy you're playing, so I hope he beats you. (laughs) Thanks, Dave. It's all right. All right. And the last thing to do then is a bet for the week. Yeah. So obviously we both lost, so we have less money in our kitty, but still have a little bit left. So what are you doing, Dave? So I think I've got £18 in my account, so I've gone for... Uh, an eightfold or sevenfold. Um, all the funky, funny bets that I often like aren't available yet. So I've gone for the Dolphins to beat the Bengals, Vikings to beat the Jags, Raiders to beat the Jets, Titans to beat the Browns, uh, Seahawks to beat the Giants, Packers to beat the Eagles. But more importantly, and this is what boosts it up the Texans to beat the Colts mm. now that means I put on it 180 pence <laughs> or £1.80 or £1.80 right okay and I get back a score so that's not bad bets okay uh, I've also gone for an 80 macker mm. uh, I've gone for the Dolphins I've gone for the Vikings and the Titans and the Seahawks yeah. and the Packers and the Chiefs and the Steelers I've gone for the Colts over the Texans. Oh, okay. So potentially as is hinges on that one game. It, yeah, it looks like it. Um, I were I put five pounds on there, so 500 five hundred pounds. Yeah, five pounds. Five pounds. Five pounds. And I, because they're such uh, short odds, I get a potential return of just under twenty nine pounds, mm-hmm. which I will gladly take at this point because it's some money. <laughs> Um, talking I, of bets I've just seen there's uh, someone's put $25,000 on Des Bryant to get over 25 and a half receiving yards today and if he gets it he wins about $45,000 I mean, on DraftKings what an idiot I mean hey, good luck to him <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. what I say yeah I'm really looking forward to watching RG3 because it's been I can't remember the last time we saw him for a full game it's got to be Four or five years? Uh, it was when the Cowboys took out his leg. Yeah. And uh, he was never the same again. Nope. But he, ne- he never came back from that game. He's no longer RG3, though. That's what he said not long ago. He's now mm. Robert Griffin. Yeah, that's fine. He's not RG3. Because <laughs> RG3 apparently was a persona. <laughs> In the same way that Johnny Manziel was. Yeah. That's the podcast, guys. Um, make sure you're subscribing. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you're checking us out on Twitter at Jim and the King at Denver Dave Thirty at NFL Fan Support. Uh, check out Kansas City Mike. He's on there at Chiefs underscore Mike. So give him a follow as well. And uh, yeah, check out JimTheKing.com as well, just to check out our stuff there. But until next week, I've been Jim. That's been Denver Dave, and thank you so much for listening. Yeah.